We have uh, one of our very own, uh, Jessie from Bredal, who will be sharing the word for us this morning. Uh, in case you don't know who Jess is, uh, she's married to Duvan from Bredal. They have a three-month-old three uh, daughter, uh, Arabella. Uh, and Jess, uh, if you didn't know already, she's an actuary. Uh, so not just, you know, gifted communicator, but she's also an actuary. Uh, and we, we uh, foresee or we expect Arabella to be opening her own business within the next uh, six months. Uh, Three-month-old, she's already sort of mastered basic trigonometry and maths. Uh, but no, really, really um, amazing couple. Duvan's also one of my fishing heroes. If you know me, you'll know I love my fishing. And Duvan uh, kind of schools me every time we go out together. Uh, he's on a really high level. But uh, dear, dear friends of mine, I had the honor of marrying them a couple of years ago. So it really is wonderful to welcome Jess back into Father's House Jabe to share the word this morning. So church, can we please welcome her as she comes up and shares the word this morning. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, so awesome to be in Jebe again this weekend. It is really one of the most beautiful cities in the world, I think. I took my dogs for a walk on the beach yesterday morning, and it was like a lake. It was so beautiful. So the surfers weren't happy, but everyone in Jebe owns a kayak was out yesterday morning. It was amazing. Such a beautiful, such a beautiful town. So yeah, super excited to be here this morning, sharing the message. Um, can you believe it's already the 15th of January, 2023? How crazy is that? I think everyone is back at work. Uh, schools starting on Wednesday. Some schools already started. Um, only 10 more days until payday. <laughs> I know, yeah, very long 10 days, especially when, you know, the kids have grown out of their school uniforms and <laughs> need new books or maybe spend too much on, on Christmas presents. Um, only 10 days to go. Um, so, yeah, this week was quite a big week in the Van Bredar household because I went back to work after being off for three and a half months on maternity leave. Um, and it was, I was very nervous, you know, used to being with them all day and they have to trust someone else to look after them. But it went very, very well. Um, super grateful for that. And, you know, in this week and, and in the last three months of having a daughter, I've definitely learned a lot of new things. Um, I've gotten a deeper understanding for a lot of scriptures. I really look, looked at them in a way I've never looked at them before. And one of those scriptures is actually what I've based the message um, on this morning. And it's a passage of, of scripture I've always known and always, you know, loved, but I've, I've really understood it um, in the last few months. And it's from Psalm 139, verse 17 to 18. And it says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. God's thoughts about us outnumber the grains of sand. And, you know, having a daughter, I've, I've understood how something like this can actually be true. Because, you know, when I'm at work, sitting in front of my computer, when I'm taking a jog, when I'm buying groceries, I'm somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about her, you know. Is she okay? Um, has she had enough naps today? Am I doing enough tummy time with her? You know, is she, is she okay? She's constantly on my mind. I think that's why they say, you know, you have mom brain because 10% of your brain is literally just always thinking about your baby. Um, 
And, you know, this scripture has just opened my eyes to, to how God really cares about us, how He thinks about us. You know, I don't think about her because um, she's a, a trouble or a bother. It's because I love her. That's why I think about her so much. And that's what God is saying. You know, my child, I love you. You're always on my mind. You know, your well-being is always on my mind, at the front of my mind. I think about you more than the grains of sand. Such a beautiful um, scripture. And what God is saying is, you know, he loves us so much, so much. And I think when we grasp this concept of God's love for us, um, it's, it's so amazing what it actually does for us when we're rooted in his love. And it, it sounds like oh, Christian 101, you know, God loves me. You know, what did we all sing at Sunday school? Jesus loves me, this I know. It's like, okay, I know that. Um, and we often have the head knowledge that God loves us, but it can be difficult sometimes to truly in your heart believe that God loves you truly believe that no matter what, He loves you and He's thinking about you and He cares about you. And I think it's very important um, because, you know, when we know our Father loves us, we have more peace. You know, if we grasp this concept, we're going to enter 2023 with more peace because we know our Father in heaven, He sees our tomorrow, He sees every situation we're in, every circumstance we're in, and He is in control of it all. When we you know, grasp that we are loved by God, I think we have the courage to dream bigger dreams because we know our God is walking right alongside us. He loves us. He's holding our hand. And, and with Him, nothing is impossible. When we know we are loved by God, we love and serve others better because our cup is overflowing. And so that's really what I want us to focus on this morning, this, this concept of, of God's love. You know, it sounds so simple, but it's it's the most powerful thing that we can understand, that we are loved by God. And um, I wanted to ask if anyone here has heard of the term a beachhead before. It's a World War II term. I don't know if anyone, uh, sort of, sort of. So it's a term I've recently um, heard about and, and learned about. And what a beachhead was is it's a, as you can imagine, piece of beach, um, that when an invading army was coming um, to take some new territory, the first thing that they would do is they would secure an area of beach, and it was called beachhead, because once they had this territory secure, they could bring ships, and they could bring supplies, and bring more men, um, and they then had this, you know, kind of fortress that they were fighting the rest of the, the battle from, and it was Often, you know, the main step, the most important step was to get the beachhead. And then you were pretty, you know, in a a good position to take the rest of the territory. And if you've heard of um, D-Day or the Battle of Normandy, that was actually a fight also about, you know, the beach. Um, And why it was so, you know, important for them is once they had the beachhead, they were then fighting the rest of the battle from a place of victory. They already had this this, you know, fortress with with supplies and with men and with everything they needed. And when we we are rooted in this fact that we are loved by God, I believe we're fighting from a beachhead and everything that comes, you know, away, we're already fighting from a place of victory. And we we can take territory from a place of victory. So the message this morning is titled The Beachhead of Love. Quite ironic, 
since it's a war term, but yes. Um, and, you know, this morning I'm going to speak about a few uh, characteristics of God's love that I think help us understand it a bit better and just get you know, a deeper, deeper understanding of how amazing His love is. So the first characteristic of God's love is that God's love is unconditional. It's unconditional. There is nothing that we can do. There is no mistake that we can make. There's no hurt that we can cause that will make God stop loving us. In Romans 8, verse 38 to 39, it says, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This concept of unconditional love can be really difficult for us to understand, and that's because we love conditionally. Just, you know, as humans, we love conditionally. It's the start of a new year, so I'm sure on Facebook you've probably seen quite a few of those posts where people say, you know, I will be drastically reducing my friends list this year. Um, if you didn't send me a Christmas present and an encouraging message at least once a week last year, then you're out. You're just not making the cut. Um, conditional love. We, we love conditionally. You know, another example, I'm sure you've had this response before, if you've invited a friend or family member to church, um, I've had this a few times. They've said, you know, Jess, thanks so much for the invite, but if I come to church, God is going to send a lightning bolt down from heaven, and it's just going to, the whole church is going to catch on fire. So, you know, I would love to, but I really, I just can't. <laughs> and that's understanding God's love in a conditional way when, you know, actually he's, he's standing there with his arms wide open saying, you know, please come. My arms are wide open to just welcome you home and, and to embrace you with fatherly love. But it's a, a difficult concept for us to understand. And um, I, I can't speak about this concept of unconditional love without speaking about the story of the prodigal son. It's a story in Luke. Um, if you want to go, you know, read it, I'm going to just kind of paraphrase it. Otherwise, we're going to be here until one o'clock today. Um, but it's a story that Jesus actually tells his disciples. And it's a story about a son. He is one of two sons, and he decides he wants his inheritance. His father's still alive, farming, you know, healthy, not on his deathbed, but he decides he wants his inheritance now. I mean, can you imagine going to your mom and dad and saying, you know, I know you're still alive, but can you just give me half of everything you have? You know, you have to sell your house. Not my problem, like give me my inheritance. Imagine how hectic is that? But he wants his inheritance and his father says, okay, I'll give it to you. And he doesn't invest it. He doesn't start a business. He doesn't put it in his pension fund. What does he do? He squanders it. He goes and it says in the Bible, he, he you know, partakes in wild living and, you know, buys alcohol and sleeps with women and just wastes it. And 
After a few years, this money obviously runs out because he didn't start investing it. And um, he is in such a bad state that he is working as a pig farmer or working for a pig farmer. And, you know, Jewish people from when they were like three years old, they taught, don't go near pigs. It was a very unholy animal for them. You know, they had to stay away from it. And he's in such a bad state that he's literally looking after the pigs, which he's known since he was a little boy, you don't go near those things. And he decides, you know, I am going to just muster up all my courage that I have and go beg my father for forgiveness. And maybe he'll let me be a servant because at least my father's servants have, you know, a warm plate of, of food and, and a place to sleep at night, which is better than I have now. And so he musters up his courage and he goes to his, his father and, and tracks home and before he even gets there, his father, you know, hears he's coming and his father runs out to meet his son. You know, can you just imagine that the Arabs, they didn't wear like long pants and stuff. It was a like a robe type of dress thing and he would have had to, you know, lift up his robe and start running to his son, which isn't a very... Um, what's the word, like a, something that the head of a house would really do. It's quite an embarrassing thing for the head of the house to be doing. But he's so happy to see his son that he, he runs to his son. And when his son um, and him meet, he, he puts a robe around his son and he puts a ring on his finger and he throws a feast to celebrate the fact that his son has come home. What a beautiful story about God's love I and mean, it's a parable about how it doesn't matter what what we've done it doesn't matter if we've we've wasted what God has given us the gifts and talents that he has given us we can always come back home we can always come back to our father and not for one minute did he stop loving us not for one minute did that father stop loving his son you know there were some consequences for the son. He didn't get his inheritance back. It was squandered. And, and, you know, when we really make mistakes, there sometimes are consequences. But God is so willing to walk through, you know, the redemption with us every step of the way. And his love never leaves us. So don't let the shame, you know, of anything that's happened in your past stop you from experiencing God's amazing love for us. Point two is that God's love is sacrificial. Sacrificial love. God's love, you know, he doesn't just write about it and say he loves us. He has really shown that he loved us. And, and you know, last week we did a, an awesome service on communion and on this topic of God's sacrificial love for us. And as I was preparing this, I was, you know, thinking we sacrifice according to how much we love. Just think about it. You know, what would you sacrifice for your spouse or your children or your parents? And would you sacrifice that for someone you've just met? Probably not. You know, we sacrifice according to how much we love. If my sister phones me up one day and says, you know, Jess, got a big problem. I owe someone 10,000 rand. They told me if I don't pay it, they're coming tomorrow. They're going to like ransack my flat. I will take out all my savings. I will beg, borrow and steal to make sure that she gets that 10,000 rand. If someone else 
tells me the same story, you know, they're going to have to have a very good reason why I must give them this 10,000 rand because the love I have for them is just not the same as, you know, how I love my sister. And um, let me just say that would never happen to her. Let me just, don't worry, Megan. <laughs> um, and, you know, when I thought about this, I thought, imagine how much God loves us, that he let Jesus come down to earth, be betrayed, be beaten, be brutally hung on a cross and murdered. It's a huge sacrifice that he made for us. And he made that sacrifice for each of us. He loved us enough to make that sacrifice. And, and that's what makes his love, you know, so powerful is that he, he showed it. He showed in his actions how much he loves us. And, and so we can be secure in that fact. Um, finally, well, the, the third point that I want to speak about, about God's love, is that God's love is observable. God's love is observable. We just sang the last song, I've seen the evidence of your goodness. And that's what I, I mean by this, that God's love is evident in our lives. I believe that God, just because of how much he loves us, he chooses to bless us. Sometimes materially, um, with relationships, with you know, purpose. I believe he does these things just because he loves us. And I have a backing for this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. It says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Sometimes we're too scared to speak about, you know, the blessings that God gives us, but he really does give us these blessings just because he loves us. He gives us good gifts. I want to tell a little um, story about this in my life. And there's been so many of these examples, but one that, you know, recently um, happened to us. Um, it actually started, the story starts back in, in 2020, um, just after Devon and I had gotten married. And we were living in Sarley Street. Um, and I was walking one day. There's a beautiful park there in Sarley Street that someone there like um, made these beautiful chairs where you can sit and got Bible verses written everywhere. It's amazing. And I was sitting there one day and um, I was uh, speaking to God. And, you know, I had just started looking for, for a job. Um, and like Lloyd said, I'm an actuary. Um, and actuaries work for big banks or insurance companies. And so all the jobs are in Joburg or Cape Town. And, you know, my husband's on the beach probably 360 out of 365 days a year. So, you know, Joburg is just out of the question. But our plan was always that we were going to end up in Cape Town, you know, where I got, um, where I was hopefully going to get a job. And that was the plan. But we were living in J Bay and loving it. And Devon's business was doing so well. And family was here. And, you know, I remember saying to God, God, I don't understand. <laughs> Why would you give me this desire to live here, to stay in the Eastern Cape, but also, you know, this desire to do well in my career and, and to work, you know, in this field that I've studied? Why would you do this to me and, like, give me these desires that can never match? Like, I just don't understand it. Like, aren't you supposed to be a loving father? 
And, you know, in this, this time, I started um, applying for jobs. And, you know, I did pretty well in university and can speak and, you know, um, grew up in a business family. So I was like, you know, man, surely I'm going to get a job. And I went for so many interviews, did so many applications, and I would get through to the second round, third round, and they'd be, oh, sorry, you know, we're not going to hire you. And it was a really difficult time for me. <laughs> like, always done well and everything. And now I was getting these rejections. I was like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? And um, it was all part of God's bigger plan. And um, I ended up getting a, a job in PE, not exactly in the field that I studied, but similar. And it was awesome and, you know, exactly where I was supposed to be. And I learned so much from that job. But um, when I uh, fell pregnant, you know, I, I realized this wasn't going to be the right place to have a baby and, and you know, that sort of thing. And so I started looking for, for other positions, just like randomly on LinkedIn, you know, applied for one or two positions and I'd actually forgotten about it. And um, I got an email to say, you know, please, can we set up an interview with you? And I was like, oh, my goodness, I don't even know what job this is. I had to go like look back, like what, who, is, who are these people? And um, had an interview with this company and I really liked the 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 team, um, and then I told them, okay, but, you know, you guys are a Cape Town company, I'm not moving, you know, we have a house here, this is where we want to be, and also, um, I'm three months pregnant, just to <laughs> let you know, <laughs> and I was like, yo, no, no one's going to take me with, you know, those two conditions, that's a bit hectic, like, I wouldn't take me with those conditions, but they came back a month later and they said, no, we, we want to hire you. You can work from PE. You can come, you know, visit for a few days once a month, but you can stay in PE and you can go on maternity leave. You can have three months or four months fully paid maternity leave. How insane is that? I mean, what? Like at the previous um, job I was at, I would have maybe got a third of my salary. Yeah, they're like, you can work for three months, then just go off. We'll keep paying you. How does God do that. And I was like, God, you know, I remember two years ago, three years ago, and I was like, why would you do this to me? You know, why do you give me these desires that just can never work together? And now I'm standing like in the fulfillment of his promises. How evident is God's love? It's, you know, it's, that's, it's not, sometimes we, we think, oh, you know, it's just chance or you know, coincidence, or it's not. <laughs> that is evidence of God's love. And I believe there's so many, you know, small things and big things like this story, but smaller things that God does that, that it's just Him saying, my child, I love you. I love you. Do you see how much I love you? You know, some, sometimes you're just having a really bad day and someone sends you a message and you needed that message that day. That's God. He, he sends his Holy Spirit to people and he says, you know, message Jess today. She needs it. And it's evidence of his love for us. And I believe when we actually take note of these, these things um, and, and speak about them and write them down and remember them, that we notice God's love more in our life because we're looking for it. We're looking for those little things that he does. And I've got one last story on this. It's one I'll never forget. 
Um, one of our friends in Cape Town, he um, was, it was when he was younger and um, living with his parents. And his parents were, were in ministry, so they, they weren't well off. They were, you know, really just serving the Lord. And um, they, yeah, went all, all around the world to be missionaries. But in any case, he had this, this pair of shoes that, you know, he really wanted, this, this pair of tackies. It was like in the back of his mind the whole time he really wanted this pair of tackies. But he didn't want to ask his parents. You know, he knew things were a bit tight and they weren't going to be able to buy these tackies for him. And the one night he just decided, I'm going to pray for these tackies. And he closed his bedroom door and said, God, please, will you give me these tackies? I want the blue ones, please. <laughs> <laughs> and not a word of a lie, a few days later, at their front door was these tackies in his size, color blue. No one knew he wanted these tackies but God. And I'm not saying we, we must go pray for a Ferrari now and say, God, please, when I open my front door tomorrow in my driveway, leave a Ferrari. But I believe he's so evident in those small things. His love is so evident in our lives and, and, you know, noticing these things that he does, noticing, um, you know, the beautiful day on the beach that you got to experience and, and noticing, you know, your children and, and all the gifts that you have in your life just remind us of his love and help us stand on that beachhead of love. And um, Rob, I'm going to actually ask if you can come up. I don't know where you are. I'm going <laughs> to close in. But, um, you know, I think that this year we can really take ground and we stand rooted in God's love for our lives. And we um, stand on his promises and, and we realize his love is unconditional. It doesn't matter what we've done. We can always come back to our father and, and his love is sacrificial. He gave up for us and his love is observable. We can see, you know, things in our life. And, and I don't want you to think if you're going through a difficult season um, or a difficult time that, oh, God doesn't love, God doesn't love me. You know, I don't see his love in my life because he, he is there. And, and, and look for those small things. <laughs> the, the cup of coffee someone brings you, the, the encouraging message someone sends you. He reminds us in little ways, my child, I'm with you. I'm thinking about you. I see everything you are going through. I'm your dad and I love you so, so much. So I'm going to ask if we can stand this morning and um, I'm going to pray two prayers. Um, the first one is, you know, if there is anyone here this morning and this sounds amazing and you're like, wow, I want to be part of, of you know, a family where, where my dad loves me like this. And you haven't yet, you know, said, God, I'm, I'm giving up my old ways and, and I want to be part of your family. I want to experience this love, this unconditional love. If you want to make that decision this morning and say, you know, God, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing to be a part of your family. I'm choosing to live in your love. Then there's going to be a, a prayer that's going to come up on the screen and We'll all pray it together. But if you want to make this um, bold step today, then, then pray it loudly and pray it with, with confidence. And um, if you pray this prayer, then 
after the service, um, you know, there's going to be people at the front and come tell someone, you know, I prayed that prayer. Um, won't you pray for me? Won't you give me a Bible? Won't you guide me, um, you know, in, in next steps? Because there's, you know, an amazing team here that just wants to support you and love on you. Um, and so it's going to, it is already on the screen. Amazing. So I am going to just count to three and we can just pray together. So one, two, three. Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible that whoever hears your words and believes God sent you to set me free from my debt of sin has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you and receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I now cross over from death to life. Amen. Amen. And then um, a second prayer, we can just close our eyes and this is just for, for all of us in the year ahead. So God, we just thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, that, you know, no matter where we've been, you love on us, God, that, that your love is our sure foundation and that it is going to help us this year as we just take ground for your kingdom. God, we just pray for this city. We pray, Lord, that many will come to know your love this year, that we would be a beacon of light and um, just demonstrating your love to the city this year. And Lord, we pray for our country, God. We pray that... 2023 would be a turnaround year, God. We, we know that things might not look good, but we know, God, that with you all things are possible. We pray for our leaders, God. We pray that um, they would learn about your love and that, you know, through understanding your love, they would serve and love others well. God, we just pray for each and every person and family represented here, God. And we pray for protection in 2023. We pray for boldness in 2023. And we pray that we would be ambassadors of Christ into every building, every door that we walk through, God, that we would just demonstrate your love to others. We just commit everything to you, God. And, and we just say thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.